This episode of Recorded is brought to you in partnership with Kaspersky. In 2014, a mid-level employee at Yahoo received an email from a trusted source. There was nothing unusual about the email. It had personal information about the employee and required that they share confidential information with the sender. Or at least, that's what FBI investigators believe happened when they looked into the biggest ever data breach of all time. I'm Alan Griffin, Head of Digital at The National. Today, we're talking about how small and simple employee errors in the face of hacking can cause devastating effects on businesses. All it took in the Yahoo breach was one employee to become the target of spear phishing, a type of email scam that convinces a user that they should share personal information with hackers by tailoring the email to the individual. This particular breach left the data of 3 billion users worldwide in the hands of hackers, which they eventually sold on the dark web. The Yahoo breach is not the only time a large hack has been attributed to one mistake by a single person. Another example is the 2017 Equifax data breach. Comparatively smaller in size, with just over 160 million users' data stolen, but with more sensitive information, including addresses, social security numbers, driver's licenses, and even some credit card information. One employee's mistake brought one of the biggest consumer credit reporting companies in the world into major trouble, including legal cases, a Congress hearing, and a change of CEO on top of a loss of reputation. Although there has been much written about Equifax's many practices that contributed to the breach, the ex-CEO cited one employee at the company who did not update a computer program to be central to the problem. Recent research says 90% of all data breaches are caused by human error. This could involve leaving a laptop on a train or helping a destitute member of a royal family who has randomly emailed you asking for your help. The Prince example is one of these attempts, but obviously it's not very well crafted, I would say. That is Imad Haffa head of technical experts for the Middle East, Turkey and Africa with cybersecurity firm Kaspersky. A lot of other phishing and spam emails, they are very well crafted, very well created. They use legitimate information that were harvested before from the users. And also, in many occasions, they work on the psychology of, of the reader. So they try to trigger that sense of urgency uh, for you to take an action and consequently uh, think less of, of your actions. Let's say you're preparing for your vacation and on the night of your flight, you receive an email from the airline saying that your ticket for tomorrow is about to be cancelled because your bank declined your, the payment you, you, you tried to make. Now, there's still a chance for you to save your vacation if you confirmed or reconfirmed the, the payment. And conveniently, here is the link for you to go to the bank and verify the, the payment or reconfirm the payment. Now, you see, they didn't only use personal information that relates to something we are, maybe I'm, you, doing at the moment. But also they use the, our psychology to create that sense of urgency and to push us into taking that action without a thorough uh, thought. Hacking costs companies hundreds of millions of dollars each year. This goes from the largest international brands and governments who spend millions on cybersecurity to the smallest companies and individuals. But one thing the vast majority of these cybersecurity threats have in common is the element of individual human error. Be it the grandma sitting on her iPad and opening a seemingly innocent email from her electricity company to the largest cyber breach of all time. 
the vast majority of hackers take advantage of human behavior. Imagine you're in an office, maybe 100 employees, so you know a lot of them, and you find a USB flash drive on the floor. Now, most of the time, you might plug it into your computer and find out that it belongs to Jamilin Accounts or Sally in Marketing, but sometimes that flash drive is not what it seems. Well, this is also one of the techniques that uh, cyber criminals would use, and we also use in our own security assessment exercises. And the whole idea of it is, usually organizations, they invest a lot in their perimeter security. They probably invest in a lot of the tools that they use on their uh, devices. But once again, because their employees are unaware of the consequences, possible consequences of their actions, for them finding a USB on the floor, as you said, it is, is nothing suspicious at all. They would grab that USB. Most probably, they would plug it into one of their machines. What's on that USB is definitely a malicious code that will execute as soon as it's plugged into the computer or laptop. But do cyber criminals go around throwing flash drives around the place in the hope someone will pick them up? We've even seen some, some cases where someone would pretend to be a delivery guy, you know, just to get inside the office and then plug that or attach a, uh, a device to the uh, network socket. The point here is the attackers, and obviously in this case, this is not a generic kind of attack. This is very targeted. They know what they're doing. They know what they're after. And they're trying to build or customize that targeted attack in a way to fit whatever precautions or preparation the company has already implemented. So for them, obviously, they couldn't or they think they can't reach the, the data or the resource they're after from outside remotely. So a better approach would be to be physically physically there. And one of the, the ways is to use this uh, flash drive trick. This type of cyber attack could be devastating to a company of any size, but can be especially difficult to deal with for the small to medium-sized businesses. Many are not as prepared or protected against cyber attacks as their larger counterparts. Plus, the financial loss due to an attack can be massive. A 2018 survey found 60% of small and medium enterprises fold within six months of a cyber attack. A while ago, we ran a study, and in it we were trying to understand the cost of cyber attack or cyber incident, specifically on SMBs. Results showed that SMBs could suffer a cost, I mean, the cost of the cyber attack could exceed $100,000. Now, how many SMBs do you know that can afford that, that cost from a cyber incident? So what we need to keep in mind, there will be financial consequences, there will be legal consequences as well. There will be reputation damage for the business, especially if, for instance, the incident included leakage of the company uh, customers' information, and even worse, if this information were ever sold, offered for sale on the dark web and underground. The dark web is a part of the internet that cannot be accessed without specific software or authorization. It's often used to sell illegal material. Hackers can sell data to all sorts of buyers, companies, governments and individuals. The going rate depends on what it is. There is a dark web price index which catalogues the going rates for various types of data. The prices are surprisingly low. Stolen online banking details for someone with over 2,000 US dollars in their account can go for as little as $65. A hacked Gmail account, on the other hand, can go for as much as $155. Here is Imad again. Well, definitely, biggest motivation is financial. This comes in different flavors, if I can call it that. It could be direct financial gain when they directly steal money from one's bank account, credit card, or even sell uh, fake goods. 
or it could be indirect. And that's when the cyber criminal would use phishing, as we mentioned earlier, to collect information from probably a large group of people and then offer this information for, for sale. Any piece of information about anyone is a valuable piece of information and it has a price. It can be converted into monetary value. Of course, in addition to financial motivation, there are other things like probably cyber espionage to achieve political or military objective. I've seen a lot of incidents where it's close to be a cyber warfare as well. And of course, in certain occasions to steal research information, for example, one country against the other or one company against the other. The primary driver is financial. A lot of data is acquired in bulk and sold in bulk. But why would hackers go for smaller companies when there are much bigger organisations they can steal from? Well, I think for the same reason why a uh, burglar would break into an uh, apartment or a small shop rather than going after a large corporate office. In general, smaller companies or SMBs, they are less prepared than their larger counterparts. And when you look at it, all these companies, they do have a lot in common. They use the same computers, same operating systems, same mobile devices, Wi-Fi networks. They use email, browse the internet, etc. So while they have a lot in common, the amount of investment, financial and on the human side, is quite different. I mean, the larger companies, they can afford to build layers and layers of uh, security controls. Because many small businesses simply don't protect themselves. It is inevitable that some will face a breach. Once that's happened, it can be a mistake to not fully assess the situation. They would definitely need to seek professional help. They need to get someone to help them to understand what had happened, how it happened, what was the size and effect of that attack. Many uh, companies, by the way, including uh, governmental uh, entities, they do have incident response team and usually they can help all organizations in such incident. We do have our own as well. And essentially, we help organizations to understand the level of the attack, what data was compromised, and obviously what they need to do in the wake of that attack as well. It may seem like there is nothing you can do once this scenario occurs, but that isn't the case. Do you remember the Yahoo breach mentioned at the start of the podcast? The biggest data breach the world has ever seen? Well, that started in 2013... And the main hacker, a man named Alexei Bilan, installed a backdoor on the system. This is a way for hackers to be able to access the system again. This way, what started off as the data of a few thousand users ended up being over 3 billion users by 2016. Even with a large company with resources like Yahoo, justice is not easily served. Of the four men officially charged by the FBI in 2017, only one was extradited in his serving time. Bringing cyber criminals to justice is a complicated task. Knowing where the, the attack uh, comes from or came from, I would say it's relatively an easy task, challenging task, to say the least, for many reasons. First, there is a lot of tools, a lot of ways for cyber criminals to be able to hide their tracks, to conceal their location, uh, where they're coming from, who they are after until the, the attack happens. And also there is another consideration, which is with cyber crime, geographical borders don't exist. So chances are the attack started from one country, passed through two other countries before it reaches the target or the victim in the fourth country. In that case, it will be not only very challenging to track uh, the traces of these attackers, know uh, where they are or who they are, uh, but also it will be very challenging in terms of being able to prosecute them because which law apply here? If the law ever exists in any of these countries, 
And as you can see, even if the law exists in all these countries, it will be very costly uh, procedure to track those attackers from one country to another to another. So myself, I won't count on the ability of tracking, finding, and say even prosecuting those uh, cyber criminals. What I will count on, however, is immunity. Building our mindset to be prepared for such uh, attacks, assuming that they are imminent, they will happen at a certain point in time, and then prepare our businesses, prepare our employees for, for such thing. If preparing is the best means of defence, then hackers have to become more creative in how to target businesses and individuals, although this isn't always the case. Earlier on, we mentioned the Royal Prince scam. This scam is where an email arrives telling you that some terrible tragedy has befallen a member of a royal family, say a prince and he needs your help to get money out of or into a foreign country. The prince will ask for your bank details or for you to make a small loan to help him before the big payoff. Of course, there is no big payoff. This is a famous scam of the internet age, but actually dates back to at least 200 years ago during the French Revolution, where people would write letters claiming to be fallen aristocrats who needed help. Despite the scam's notoriety, it still works. In 2018 the scam brought in more than 700,000 US dollars. And it again comes down to simple human error. Hackers, of course, have to become more innovative to procure larger amounts of money. Imad tells us how Kaspersky keeps up. When you look at the figures, today we identify on a daily basis more than 350,000 new malicious code every single day, at least for the past year. Obviously, without using uh, machine learning and uh, AI technologies, there is no way for a human any, uh, of any size to be able to analyze this information and then extract the needed intel out of it. So definitely AI, machine learning in particular, they are part of our uh, intel analysis and our solutions as well. And then we use this information to create intelligence, to create alerts, which feed uh, later on all of our users worldwide. Add to that our global uh, footprint, because we've got uh, more than uh, 400 million uh, users uh, globally, all of which as well feed this anonymous information to our intelligence network. If a new malware emerged somewhere in, in, in China, uh, within a few seconds, we are able to pick up that piece of information and then convert it into an alert that is pushed to all of our clients, say in, in UAE, for example, and they are immediately protected from that emerging uh, threat in, in China. Also, we've got our um, elite team of security researchers. Uh, what they do for us is they track cyber criminals globally, the smaller ones and even the more advanced and sophisticated targeted attack and nation-sponsored uh, threat actors. But obviously, smaller enterprises cannot be running global anti-cybercrime operations. So what can these businesses do? So if I'm to name one thing, one measure that SMBs lack to follow, to implement, and which will help them in prioritizing the other possible measures would be user education or user training. Awareness is, is quite crucial, as we mentioned uh, quite a few times now, and it helps those businesses, SMBs in particular, to improve their cybersecurity posture in general, immediately by improving the awareness and the cyber education, cybersecurity education rather, of their employees. Probably one of the challenging aspects of implementing a functional awareness program specifically for SMBs is the, I would say, usability and availability of such programs rather. And here I could mention our own awareness, automated awareness platform, which we created to deliver specifically the kind of awareness information, in particular for SMBs, 
with very less investment in time and resources from their side to get this program up and running and to provide the needed necessary basic cybersecurity knowledge to their employees. And it will also help them in understanding the probably missing measures in their environment. And as I said, how to prioritize those, those measures so they get them implemented in more reasonable order. The statistics on hacking and cybersecurity are astonishing. Kaspersky identifies more than 350,000 new malicious codes every single day. And the cost from a cyber attack can exceed 100,000 US dollars for a small or medium-sized business. Although cyber security products are an important part in keeping up with cyber criminals, an indispensable part of protection is to educate individual employees on all the risks out there and the human errors that expose a company to them. You've been listening to Recorded. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Alan Griffin. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to Recorded by clicking the subscribe button in your favourite podcasting app. To learn more about Kaspersky's automated security awareness platform, a platform for increasing digital literacy of employees, please visit asap.kaspersky.com. Thank you.